1: With Daniel Minnick.
0: Well, hey there, Truth Espresso fans. Thank you for tuning in. This is your host, Daniel Minnick, and we are continuing a series that we just started two weeks ago talking about marriage. And so, this is turning out to be a very insightful and exciting topic, as it should be. My wife, Chelsea, and I are talking about marriage from uh, different topics therein, and the first episode we did two weeks ago was How God Wrote Our Love Story, and I think that if you haven't listened to that, you really should. It's a good Kickstarter for the series, and it's quite cute. (laughs) And then, last week, the last episode we did was um, a biblical look at marriage. We looked at marriage according to the Bible compared to the kind of lackluster, flippant, and vague definition that the world seems to give marriage. And we compared the biblical idea of marriage as a covenant compared to the world's idea of marriage as a contract that can... Pretty much be easily broken. And now, for this episode, this week, we're going to actually talk about those of you who are not yet married. We're going to address you now. Of course, a lot of these principles would apply to those of us who are already married. But we're going to help you singles that are looking for a spouse to have some tips uh, from our own experience and from the Bible that we hope will give you some encouragement and some guidelines as you are looking for a spouse. So, here to share with me some tips for singles looking for a spouse is my sweet and beautiful wife, Chelsea. And so, Chelsea, welcome back to truth espresso
2: thank you for having me again
0: oh always glad to have you as a special guest here on truth espresso sweetheart and so tips for singles looking for a spouse now obviously both of us were at one point in our lives singles looking for a spouse and so we found a spouse we found each other and as we shared about how god wrote our love story uh, we can transform some of that into tips and of course as we look at the word of god to shape our tips here we hope that these tips will help you out if you are spouseless (laughs) (laughs)
2: so if you're looking for the right mate look no further actually what we want to talk about is instead of consuming your time energy and emotions on looking for the right person we should instead focus on being the right person and so babe i know you had some thoughts to kind of kick start off our conversation today
0: Oh, yes, definitely, sweetheart. So, in bringing some tips uh, for looking for a spouse for all you wonderful singles out there, uh, tip number one would be to start with your own relationship with God. Now, you know, if you might be thinking... What what kind of a tip is that? That has nothing specifically to do with singles looking for a spouse. On the contrary, I would say that this is the most important tip. That's why it's uh, number one. It's the foundational tip. Just think about it a little bit. If you are a Christian, if you name the name of Christ and you believe that you're discovering Christ and you're having a personal relationship with God through Christ as the Son of God, uh, God with the Father, the one who died for your sins, and you believe that once you were converted to the faith that this was a lifelong commitment, this is a lifelong lifelong relationship and it's one that you should think about and that you should strive to improve every day and so with your relationship with God this should be first and foremost whether you're single or married but if you are single this is kind of the relationship uh, to practice with <laughs> um, since your relationship with God is your first and foremost primary relationship work on this to get ideas about how to look for a spouse because as you are seeking to please God with your life every day that is good practice for another lifelong commitment which would be a spouse and so your relationship with God is for the rest of your life So, this is the model for a relationship with some human for the rest of your life. So, test your ability to commit lifelong here with your relationship with God. Remember that as a Christian, this is for the rest of your life, and that's how marriage is modeled in the Bible. So, if you are committed to this relationship for life, you can then think about a lifelong relationship with another sinner saved by grace. So, sweetheart, as you said, be the person, be the right person. So, I say, be the person that you believe someone else would want as a spouse for life, and model this after being right with God. What do you think about that, sweetheart?
2: yeah, I think that's a great tip to start things off. And, like you said, that that should be the foundation of our lives, whether we are single, the rest of our lives, whether we're married, Um, Our relationship with Christ is the foundation, and that's something that Christians have uniquely, too, that, you know, an unsaved person doesn't have, that they can have the Holy Spirit inside them. They um, have a relationship with Jesus Christ. They get to experience grace, and I think that that is definitely very important in any type of relationship that you have. And it reminds me of a couple passages where Paul talks about um, in 1 Corinthians seven thirty four. he says that the unmarried woman careth for the things of the Lord. So as an unmarried person, you're able to focus on Christ and focus on serving others and doing ministry because your focus is not on family yet. And another passage I was thinking of, too, is in Colossians 3, 2, where um, Paul says to set your affection on things above. So not necessarily focusing on I need to find that perfect mate out there or focusing on pleasing yourself, but actually focusing on God and on things above, like what you can do, what how you can serve others. I think that that ultimately is kind of what attracts the other person to you is when you are being selfless Mm and serving.
0: Yes, definitely, sweetheart. You brought up a good point about that verse you've brought up about an unmarried woman caring for the things of the Lord. And that's a good point because if you name the name of Christ, if you claim to be a Christian, If you're not seeking the things of the Lord, you probably shouldn't be seeking a spouse at this time. (laughs) You know, if you want a relationship to work, if you want to find someone who will be a potential spouse... Stop right now if you're not seeking your relationship with God to be good and permanent. If you don't have a close relationship with God as a Christian, then you're probably not in a good position to have a close, lifelong relationship with a spouse or someone who would become a spouse. So, sweetheart, do you have the next tip?
2: So, I think how we kind of talked about earlier The next tip is about not looking for one right person and we've seen that with different friends or people we know where it kind of consumes them that they're on the search for this right person and right spouse and that's not what God actually wants us to do and I think you had a little bit more to share about not focusing so much on finding that one right person.
0: Yeah. When I'm talking about not looking for the one, you know, I'm not talking about polygamy here, you know, <laughs> of course, I mean, a spouse will be one person. But yes, what I mean by that is don't look for some magical, mysterious one person who's out there that you somehow have to find, like you find by accident, like you stub your toe or something like that. <laughs> you know, oh, wow, there, there. That person is, you know, Um Forget the idea of love at first sight. Now, someone can catch your eye. And I mentioned in the episode about how God wrote our love story when I first laid eyes on chelsea i thought she was cute and i mentioned that but there is no magical moment when you just lay eyes on a new person like that and then all of a sudden that magically means whoa i found someone you know now everything's just going to be magical and passive from here on you know someone can catch your eye and someone can be attractive but true love is deeper than an instantaneous Appearance. So, there is no the one out there somewhere that you have to find, whether by accident or like going on a safari adventure to find this one magical person. You know, you don't have to scour the world to find the mystical, magical one person person designed to be your soulmate there's no fairy tale of finding one magical person who makes love effortless i would say this is actually a form of gnosticism (laughs) so what do you think about this don't look for the one
2: (laughs) yes i think you're right that it's kind of a distraction I think mm-hmm. when you're constantly trying to figure out oh is that the person or is that the one for me and I think that is contrary to what God's word tells us for some reason I just thought of the verse where your heart is there yeah, where are, your treasure is there will your heart be also yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and I was thinking that okay if you know you find that spout or yeah
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh.
2: <sighs> Okay. So that verse just reminded me of when your focus and your heart is in serving God, then that's where you find that treasured spouse that you come together. So you're not like, that's not the focus that you have to, like you said, kind of go on a treasure hunt and find something. But I think that when you're serving God and the other person that you end up dating or getting married to, when they're serving God, then it just comes together because you're both focused on the Lord. And that's where it needs to be.
0: Yeah, definitely, sweetheart. And I don't want to introduce things that could be like harsh you know but i'm like just say for example like i'm trying to remember if there is like a missionary who lost his wife i'm trying to remember if there was one after a few years of getting married being married but just take for example a scenario where you get married and then through no fault of your own or anything some accident happens and something happens to your spouse then you know and you lose your spouse uh, like a tragic thing. Thing like that with this mindset of looking for the one what's that going to make you think like god did i make a mistake because this wasn't for the rest of my life somehow you know what happened now that or if this was the one now now what happens i have no hope after this you know, we have to think <laughs> biblically and realistically here because there is no magical the one and things like that can demonstrate that and if someone's thinking that they have to find the one who's out there to be a soulmate any number of factors can play a part in popping that theoretical bubble there
2: So it also reminds me kind of of the typical Hallmark movie
0: where
2: sometimes the main girl is kind of distracted by the guy she's first interested in and she thinks that he's the right one for her because, you know, they both share the same interests or something. And it almost consumes her to the point where she could miss out on the person that does seem like a better fit and I've seen that happen with um, some of my friends before where they think oh this is the person for me and they just kind of become obsessed with it almost to where they miss out on another opportunity so just kind of being aware of trying not to get consumed with that thought that you have to find the one person because you don't want to miss out on the one that might be a better match
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah and you know, it's hard like, to
2: say the right words, <laughs> that to make sense, I
0: guess. Aww. Yeah, and and of course not to knock Hallmark movies because we enjoy watching them together. They're kind of like a, a provide a, a little escape from stress and stuff. It's it's just nice to you know cozy up and watch a Hallmark movie and stuff. But then we don't have to take them as like a a mirror of real life. <laughs> they're, they're intended to allow you to let down and enjoy watching a. a, a a nice plot and romance and stuff but but yeah for yes. uh, <laughs> singles do not take tips from <laughs> movies. yeah our
2: tips are coming from word. yes
0: yeah, even if they're wholesome and family friendly you know the yes. when it comes to the idea of searching for a spouse you know we want to get our ideas from the bible and i thought of a verse uh, Matthew 6:33, where Jesus says but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you so that's mm-hmm. the primary is like don't look for the right one I remember in college at PCC uh, pastor Jim Shetler had a list of dating tips that he would give in chapel sometimes and I remember one he said don't look for the right one, be the right one, and you'll get the right one. Mm, (laughs) And I think this verse reflects that. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added to you. So you don't look for these things, as Jesus told about, the Gentiles seek for this or that, but seek first the kingdom of God, and then you'll get the things that you need. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, True love, as we're talking about looking for a spouse, and the whole Gnostic idea of the one (laughs) that's out there to be discovered which is not the biblical model. True love comes from God and requires sacrifice, not a passive participation in a magical discovery. And so, the examples of love that we get from the scriptures, for instance, Jesus said in John 15:13. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. So, rather than looking for a magical one, this is how you find love, is you lay down your life, you give your life. Ephesians 5.2, the Apostle Paul says, And walk in love, as Christ also hath loved us, and hath given himself for us an offering, and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. So rather than looking for the one, be the one and be willing to sacrifice. And that is where true love comes from. You find someone to love.
2: (laughs) What are your thoughts on that sometimes it can be confusing because people are expecting that love comes first and finding a potential mate? So you would be like, okay, I fell in love with this person versus the idea that you're friends and then love comes after friendship and love is something that you actually work towards and it's not something that's that emotion or feeling that might first happen. I just am thinking that sometimes falling in love is not defined like how the Bible would tell oh. us it is, I guess. Yeah. Like you were saying sure. that it's like sacrificial. It's like
0: Yes. Like um yeah. I don't see anything in the Bible that talks about falling in love the way, you know, we have in the culture and in media and the movies where it's like this really strong emotional feeling that you mentioned and the, these verses show the greatest love is to sacrifice one's own life. And the example of that is Christ as he has given himself an offering. And so that's the kind of love that we should be prepared for when we're looking for a spouse you know like the little jitters and butterflies in your stomach you know those type of feelings that doesn't define what can last <laughs> for a lifetime i mean it's good to have those of course when you find someone that can be a starting place but that's not <laughs> where <laughs> they, you know you you're not going to necessarily have that 24 7 365 75 or whatever how we (laughs) define the timeline there Um.
2: so i think that just since we're on the subject i think that's one thing that i was kind of surprised about marriage and being married now for 12 years i always thought you kind of just hit a plateau of love (laughs) that it was just like okay you love each other and it just kind of stays right there but I think it's so neat that you can actually fall in love more. Like oh yes. There's a deeper level of love as you're married longer because you get to know each other more and you go through life together. Mm-hmm. So I think it's so neat that I mean, even at the beginning, when you feel like, "Oh, I'm so in love with this person." Mm-hmm. That it can actually, over time, and when you're working on putting the other person first in your life, that your love will actually grow deeper. And I think that that's kind of how Christ wanted to picture his love for us, is how just deep his love is for us. And that is something to keep learning and discovering, I guess.
0: Yeah, I can think of the example in the uh, movie Fireproof about the. Oh, I love that. Movie. <laughs> yeah, it's one of one of your favorite movies. You know, like yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you have it memorized, but we've <laughs> we've watched it a few times, and um, the one part in the movie about getting to know your spouse getting your bachelor's degree then your master's degree then your doctorate degree you know which shows getting to know learning about them and growing deeper in love that way as I mentioned seeing the stranger walk by and getting a a jittery feeling inside you know that takes your breath away like when we talk about getting deeper in love it doesn't necessarily mean that you get like a stronger version of that feeling such that you're going to pass out or something (laughs) what i mean is that love matures (laughs) not that i'm saying that that means you're immature if you feel that what i'm saying of course is that a deeper love doesn't just mean a stronger butterfly in your stomach it means that you know as you fall in love as we have <laughs> in our 12 years of marriage <laughs> the- <laughs> He can love... still make
2: me blush. <laughs>
0: that's what it is. Yeah, exactly. That's a sign of deep love, there, sweetheart. Yep. <laughs> uh, that, as you grow deeper in love, um, it's a deeper, abiding, more kind of mature love. As we've become closer and friends and share things and share our affections, and it's not that everything is butterflies in your stomach. You know, everything's deeper, and that's it's deeper love. <laughs>
2: Well, in some ways, I think when you're going through the years being married too, and you have those valleys or those like dark places, when you're committed to each other in marriage, that mm-hmm. to me, that's kind of when you grow closer. Yes. And that your love does get deeper because you're in that place where you have to be there for each other and you have to depend on God. And I mean, it's not the high places and the butterflies (laughs) where your love grows I think it's it is those deep dark places where you're walking through hard times together and you understand just how deep you love each other and how much that commitment and that trust is there so Oh, I'm just so blessed to have you for my Aww,
0: husband. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm blessed to have you as my wife's sweetheart. Okay, <laughs> and, I guess we bring get deep. back to singles. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we got to think about the singles again. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, singles. <laughs> well, this is all examples to the singles, so it, it, it works. <laughs> so the first two tips we had were, start with your relationship with god number one and then number two don't look for the one and so number three i want to say look for a permanent relationship so as a single if you don't currently have if you're a guy you don't have a girlfriend yet or a girl you don't have a boyfriend yet but you're looking in the dating market if shall we call it um, <laughs> ah, I don't know if we should call it
2: that. That's like a meat market or oh, yeah. something. Well, uh,
0: kind of leading to the point here. Okay. <laughs> uh, saying, look for a permanent relationship. Don't look for a disposable relationship. Don't look for a relationship that you intend to end before commitment will begin. And so, you know, if you're looking for someone who would be a date, uh, and I'll reference uh, a tip that Pastor Shetler mentioned again. He said, every date is a potential mate. And I, I mentioned that in a previous episode. But, the yeah, the point still stands, you know, like when people look to date around what's really going on there it's kind of like they're sharing their heart with a bunch of people and (laughs) that can drain the amount of love that you can give to someone who ends up being your own spouse and so as a christian everything in the bible for the christian is always about commitment and lifelong as your as your relationship with god is lifelong we don't look for fleeting things we We look for that which is lasting and so when you're looking for a date look for someone who you would think could be hey this person could be my spouse you know that's that's what you're essentially on the hunt for <laughs> it's is a spouse not a three-month fling or not something like that not for someone you can have some fun with and then move on to the next person because you can break hearts that way and christians should not be in the business of breaking other people's hearts <laughs> Sorry,
2: that just reminds me of, oh my goodness, you can get this heart out if you want. Oh. <laughs> One of our kids, well, our girl, she, the other night we're putting her to bed and she says, my heart is broken. <laughs> oh, with the saddest face ever. And we're like, why is your heart broken? And you figured out it was one of the Veggie tale songs. She likes donuts for Benny. His oh. <laughs> heart's broken. <laughs>
0: yeah. And
2: she needed donuts. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So Sorry. <laughs> that is such a rabbit trail. Oh, oh. <laughs> just made me start to chuckle. Well,
0: it, it proves the point that if you break someone's heart, a donut is not enough to fix it. <laughs> <laughs> <True. laughs> <my goodness. laughs>
2: Okay, and I just going to point out that you have very good manly responses there. We have the market, the dating market, and we have hunting for a date. <laughs> And I'm not
0: okay. even much of a hunter anyway. So, <laughs>
2: All right, girls out there. Um, I personally don't even like the word date because mm. to me it has the connotation of something like temporary yes. or just kind of not committed. Yeah,
0: I just use the term because yeah. I know people are familiar with it. And right. so I'm trying to like, okay, if you're thinking of that term, try to apply it toward the idea of, okay, if I'm looking for someone to do an activity with don't think of in terms of that you're finding someone only for that you know like this you know think of okay maybe that's the start of a lifelong relationship
2: (laughs) so i've really been enjoying this book that was recommended to us by randy alcorn it's called the purity principle okay yeah And definitely really good for anyone who wants to learn more about just how to live your life in a pure way and prepared for marriage and also for when you are married. But um, I liked one of his headings he had in there. He said that dating is an option, not a necessity. And I think that a lot of times people are, again, they focus so much on, oh, I need to have a date. I need to go out with this person Mm. to be able to get to know them. And that's not really true. And when you look at different examples in the Bible, that's not even how they did it. They did group activities. They did family events. People got to know each other because they served together in ministry or they worked together um, as families. And I think that those are the best scenarios to be able to get to know someone When it's not an isolated situation, you can't put on that front or that facade of, oh, look at me, I'm so nice, I'm very chivalrous for two hours. And then you go on your way and you're actually a terror and and the person doesn't find out because they have only been on a two-hour date with you. But when you're in those more group settings and you can see that person interacting in different situations, and there isn't that pressure on you to put on a front or a good face, I think that you get to know that person better. Mm, And then that is where it can develop into something more serious and looking more at that commitment towards marriage.
0: Oh, yeah. And I, I remember we're talking about it uh, a few days ago about the idea of dating your spouse. <laughs> and basically, if you oh, which we got to do for our anniversary, Yay. we got to go out and enjoy some nice sushi and yes. then <laughs> and some uh Coffee from Dutch Brothers. And, and uh, you know, that was a date. And, and the like, you know, really, if you're looking for a spouse, you're looking for someone who, once you're married, then you can really date. And so the idea of really dating is it should be more a function of marriage and being with a spouse because once you're married and you're one flesh, then never stop dating your spouse. But then before that, before the commitment, yeah, you know, as you said, sweetheart, people often put on the facade because two people who don't really know each other very well and haven't made in a commitment that they're just going out together doing activities together and then you said people often put on a front they're trying to put their best face forward or something you know and like hide what could be their flaws or a bad work ethic or anything behind a romantic veneer and so that's all you know That's all that's seen without uh, depth and without uh, a a true friendly uh, relationship having been formed first and a commitment having been formed first before real dates occur. Which I think we would say (laughs) dating is best for married couples (laughs) in the sense of what a lot of people would consider dates. I think the closest thing that we got to dating before we were engaged was me helping you with your research project at Panera Bread, but... <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, and so for looking for a permanent relationship rather than quick, easy, fun, disposable ones that only lead to broken hearts... I have uh, Proverbs 31, verse 3. We know Proverbs 31 is the virtuous woman passage, but Proverbs 31, verse 3, King Lemuel says, Give not thy strength unto women, nor thy ways to that which destroyeth kings. And so the idea there is you don't just give your strength, referring to romance, (laughs) in a way to women, plural, He's giving advice to a prince or to kings and someone who's like, oh, I, he has all this going for him so he can be kind of flippant with women who would be attracted to him and there's no deep relationship there and that leads ultimately to the virtuous woman who is a wife and a mother and she cares for people and she stretches out her hand to the poor and needy and she makes sure that the people in the gate know who who her husband is as a good man and so that that's a deeper relationship there than giving your strength to women and things that destroy kings. (laughs) And then also I have Ecclesiastes 9.9, where the preacher says, live joyfully with the wife whom thou lovest all the days of your life. (laughs) And so he's talking about there, you have a wife as someone who you commit to having a relationship with for your whole life. And so look for a permanent relationship Don't give your strength to (laughs) women, plural. And you will want to live joyfully with a wife that you love all the days of your life. And so that's what you're looking for, singles, is someone who is a mate for life.
1: Would you help with a donation to Striving for Eternity? Let me let you know what your donation helps with. We travel overseas to places like Canada to the Philippines, elsewhere, to go and preach the good news of Jesus Christ, to teach people where they don't have as much opportunity as we have here in America. We go all over the country to be able to preach and teach, to teach people how to interpret God's Word. So when they open God's Word and handle it for themselves, they know how to accurately handle God's Word. That's the heart we have. We want to be about discipling God's children. If you give a donation, regardless of any amount, we would be very grateful. But we'd also like to bless you. So if you give a donation of $2, we are going to give you a free copy of What Do We Believe, a book that I had wrote about the Christian theology. If you give a donation of $5 a month, we will give you... That book that I mentioned, plus What Do They Believe, which is a book I wrote about world religions. If you're willing to give $10 a month, we will give you the two books mentioned, plus On the Origin of Kinds, a book Dr. Anthony Silvestro wrote that deals with evangelism, presuppositional apologetics and Creation Science all put together so you see how to use them. If you give a donation of $20 a month, we will give you the three books mentioned plus the book Sharing the Good News with Mormons. 24 different authors giving 24 different ways to evangelize the Mormons, but many of them work for just evangelism period and are great tactics to use. We would greatly appreciate a donation of $25 a month, and what we would look to do with that is give it away. If you give us $25, we're going to seek to give away $25. As part of our ministry as the Christian Podcast Community... And Striving for Eternity wants to help get missionaries to get their mission out. So if you give us $25 a month, we are going to commit to trying to look for missionaries that we can give them podcasting equipment and hosting so that they would be able to get their message of what they're doing on the mission field to their supporting churches rather than sending a a letter that is a mission report that many people don't read but they'll listen to a podcast and when the missionary is at that church man they're going to say hey listen to my podcast people will subscribe and then they're going to hear in the missionary's own voice what's going on instead of when the missionary comes to town and they show pictures of people you don't know no it's different when you've heard the missionary say I led this person to Christ I've been discipling this person this is what's happening with this person and now you see the picture oh what a joy it is now, if you could do more than that, we certainly will not turn it away and you'll still get the four books. We are in need of your support. We value the money donated to us. And if we have provided value to you, may you consider helping us to help others. It would be greatly appreciated. Just go to strivingforeternity.org to donate today. Thank you for considering it.
2: So I like those verses that you pointed out, babe, and just thinking about how when you do get married, you want to give your heart to the person you're marrying as a whole heart. Mm -hmm. So if you're giving your heart away to all these different people in dating situations, you don't have a whole heart to give your spouse that you're committing to for the rest of your life. So I'm not saying that there's different situations that come up and maybe you were in a dating scenario before and now you're like, "Wait, that didn't work out. Now I want to save myself for my spouse." I mean, there's all sorts of circumstances, of course, but just trying to be mindful and aware that you want to try and keep your heart as pure and as whole as possible for that one person. And how that looks for couples can be a little bit different too, I think. Um, I know you and I, we saved saying I love you till oh, yeah. we got <laughs> married. And just little things like that, that you just kind of think about. Okay, if I save all my love yous for my future spouse, then that makes it even more special because I... Haven't been telling 20 other men in my life that I love them. You know, just kind of being mindful of that and not saying like everyone has to do that, of course. But I think that the more you just think about what do I want to give my future spouse is a good place to start. Because those verses you said, you want to have that pure, committed, virtuous (laughs) characteristic to present to your spouse on your wedding night, I think.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I, you know, I was in college and I would see fellow college mates, you know, uh, college friends that didn't treat relationships like dating relationships that seriously. But they were pretty quick to throw I love you out there. And within three days of of finding a, a girlfriend, you know, I'd have some friends and they would be like, Super mushy gushy on the phone and in person, and throw I love you out there like they're married or something. And then after two weeks, the relationship's over, you know, and then it's kind of awkward and they walk past each other and have to turn the other way because now (laughs) their the relationship has soured and then i you know i wonder like what did i love you mean is it (laughs) okay so you can't say that anymore you know like do you still love them you know like so yeah i've I've seen that happen in college and stuff and so that really made me think just as you said we saved i love you (laughs) until we were married i mean we certainly expressed love you know biblical love toward each other in ways but without being mushy as i mentioned in the first <laughs> episode of this series you know we we really demonstrated to each other that we had a deep abiding love in christ but we didn't throw out valentine phrases like that <laughs> at each other until you know we were committed to each other and now we say i love you a lot (laughs) lot and it means the world it means so much
2: yeah and I think that's exactly what we're trying to say is that just thinking through okay the meaning behind it you can't just say I love you and have it superficial, like mm-hmm. you're just throwing little crumbs to someone. You actually want good meat. Okay, now I'm on the hunting theme <laughs> <game too. laughs> Yeah, oh goodness. but also I think that it shows good character. Yes. And something else that we should maybe talk about is looking for that good character in the other person. And what are some good characteristics that you would look for in a potential mate? And I think for me, one of the red flags is Mm -hmm. if someone's saying I love you right off the bat because you have no established relationship, no friendship even, and all of a sudden you're saying I love you. To me, that's not even demonstrating a selfless love that the Bible talks about. And so to me, that's kind of a red flag in the character. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I know not everyone's going to see it like that, but... That was kind of how I thought of uh-huh. it. but And just characteristics such as being respectful of each other is a huge characteristic that you should look for in the other person. And especially on that friendship level, I think first Timothy 5, 1 through 2 um, is a good passage for that. Um, Rebuke not an elder, but entreat him as a father, and the younger men as brethren, the elder women as mothers, the younger as sisters with all purity. So, just talking about respecting the other person and treating them as a brother or sister in Christ, mm. I think, and that helps you keep that purity, like that verse is saying. For when you do make that commitment of marriage, and then you're not a brother and sister anymore, you're husband and wife. I think that just that friendship level, how would you treat your brother? How would you treat your sister? And that's one thing that I really liked about how we were able to establish that friendship at first in group settings and looking at different characteristics. Like I know we talked about this the other day when we would play different games and I could see how (laughs) you would respond if you won a game. Were you, like, prideful or, (laughs) like, oh, I'm all that? (laughs) I mean, of course, like, yes, you want men to have that sense of pride. And then also how you handled losing. And there were some guys that did not handle losing well at all. They would get angry. And Mm. so that was one thing that you can kind of look for in the other person you're interested in. In a group setting, you're able to see those characteristics come out. How do they interact with older women, younger women, uh, women that like to be flirtatious? How Mm. do you interact with them? And I think that those are all things that you can see more when you have that friendship level again. You're looking at the other person as a brother or sister in Christ at first.
0: Yes good point sweetheart yeah the i love you should be meaningful you know i love you shouldn't mean as we mentioned before i got fluttery feelings in my stomach when i see you you know <laughs> I love you, but I don't know what your favorite color is. I love you, but uh, I don't even know the names of any of your siblings or if you have siblings. You know, I love you, but I know nothing about your family, your parents or anything like that. I love you, but wait, what are you interested in? Do you have any interests? You know, it's like, okay, yeah. What exactly does that mean? (laughs) And yeah.
2: I think sometimes even is that person a Christian? Because... Yeah. I mean, especially like going to a Christian college, I think it's easy to kind of assume, oh, everyone here is a Christian, but that may not be the case. And sometimes they can demonstrate some good characteristics, but they still don't have that heart change from that can only come from Christ.
0: And so that, I think that what we're talking about here kind of leads us into the next tip, which is if you're looking for a spouse single, be a friend before being romantic <laughs> i know that's hard to do with when you're young and you you know you have strong attractions stuff like that or as we mentioned you know you think what you have is love at first sight <laughs> um, but your first focus when you're looking for someone who will be your lifelong spouse is to be a friend so, get to know someone before expressing romantic tendencies. A relationship based solely on attraction, feelings, and romance blows away with the winds of change. Later romance should complement and deepen the friendship that you start with. So when you're looking for a spouse and you're looking at someone, you observe that, as you mentioned, sweetheart, about observing the way someone treats others, you know, the way they, if they're a sore loser, even a sore winner in games. You know just if you're observing someone and you want you know think that person might make a good spouse, be a friend, get to know someone, get to know their interests. Get to know their cares, their struggles, their stresses, and their goals, their hopes, and dreams. And make those something you are interested in. You know, Because if you're looking for a spouse, you're not looking for someone to have a surface-level relationship with. As we might distinguish between friendship and romance. But the tip that I'm making here is first... Be a deep and close friend with someone before you express romance, because that's going to come later. But get to know them on a deep level. Befriend them. Help them. Make their interests your interests. And, of course, it's good if some of those interests are noble interests, helping others, helping the poor, helping the unborn, <laughs> like you, sweetheart, um, doing activities together that, you know, you can both enjoy that are noble activities <laughs> So, before showing romantic type of inclinations in a relationship, you should really look for someone who uh, you can be a best friend to, which includes knowing the person on a deep level, knowing, as I said, their goals, their dreams, and their struggles And seeking to aid in in those, seeking to promote, help them with their goals, seeking to help them through struggles.
2: So those are some really good points there, babe. And I think that also kind of keeping in mind of understanding that their friendship phase of a relationship is still kind of a testing period. So you're Mm -hmm. still learning about each other and maybe what your interests are and just being cautious of how far you go with that because there isn't that commitment yet Mm -hmm. of marriage. So just, I mean, you don't wanna cross any boundaries of, okay, this is something that you would do in marriage (laughs) to Mm -hmm. try and prove that you're interested in what their interests are. But also keeping in mind that when you're on that friendship level, That's also when if you see a character flaw or a red flag, as we call them, come up, that you want to have that friendship level to where you're not so involved Mm. if those red flags come up that you're able to see them or if other people point them out that you're able to take their advice or their wisdom and be like, okay, this isn't going to work out and you're able to break away from that. Because I've seen, and I know you've seen that too, where Mm -hmm. people get so involved in a relationship before marriage and then there are red flags, but they're not able to see those red flags or they feel like they're so committed already, even though they're not engaged maybe, or they're not even married yet, where they can't step back from there. So I think the friendship stage that we're talking about is still kind of that testing period Mm. of... yes. Okay, let's get to know each other and see how our interests and our goals kind of mesh. And would that be something we could see working out together in a long-term commitment of marriage?
0: Yes, definitely. So you are, and as you pointed out there, you know, like it's a testing period and that it could result in some red flag happening so that this person would not work out as a potential spouse. But in the process of this testing period, you could still have gained a friend and someone to whom you can be friends and help but knowing that okay you know there was no broken heart in the process and you can still remain that person's friend even if that person won't be your spouse and you won't show any romantic tendencies with (laughs) um there's not the crushing loss of the typical date and blow it type of (laughs) situation And it does remind me of yet another Pastor Shetler point where he said, it's better to wait and know it than to date and blow it. (laughs) And that's where I got that from. So it's like Mm -hmm. someone's like quick to jump into the romantic tendencies of a relationship without being a friend first. Then if it turns out that it won't work and then you feel like you blow it because now, you know, things are shattered. Hearts are broken and you could end up losing a friend. <laughs> Whereas if you start off being a friend, then even if it's not going to work out to go into a committed relationship, you could still gain a friend. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: I remember growing up too, I would hear often that dating is actually practicing divorce (laughs) it's like you're giving your heart and everything to a relationship and then you're like oh this isn't going to work and then you break it off and then you go find someone else and you put your heart and your emotions and sometimes even your physical needs into that person and then you break it off again Mm -hmm. so that could be extreme but just something to think about too again just Thinking more long-term and not just what Hmm. um, feels good or (laughs) based on emotions, which it can be hard because, of course, there are emotions that go with all of this as well.
0: Yeah, for sure. And we're not suggesting with these tips that you can be perfectly free from emotional anguish (laughs) over this, you know, but we're trying to help minimize it as much as possible because... You can see someone, as we mentioned, get, you know, the feelings and infatuation. And then if something doesn't work out, even when you're trying to follow the friendship step and you're really hoping for, uh, you know, a committed romantic relationship, this person could be a spouse, you know. It's not like you're going to leave stoically with no feelings that were crushed, but it's better to have feelings you know, hurt than to have <laughs> tragic broken hearts and enmity <laughs> that can often result when people get romantic and then have to break it off.
2: Well, I know too, babe, we were just talking about people that have actually gotten engaged too Mm -hmm. and were planning their wedding and then a big red flag came up or someone decided to break off the engagement. And so there are situations like that too where, okay, it looks like, yes, this is right relationship and we're going forward. We're getting ready to make the commitment of marriage and then it ends up breaking off. So there are scenarios too that come up and just having that open mind that until your actual wedding day, there are things that can arise. And I think sometimes the engagement period is another big step of a test because it's getting that person to kind of a type of commitment and sometimes that can scare people and then they just want to back out yeah, of it yes. and it's like okay it's kind of better to know that during the engagement phase than when you're married but just kind of keeping an open mind about those scenarios too that that can come
0: up. yes for sure it seems like we live in a day where commitment is something that a lot of people don't want to do and they like to have their fun relationships but whenever it comes up with okay is it time to start committing that's when people bail because they're afraid of commitment and that's why I advise with when you're looking for a spouse friendship is the best way to start and proverbs 18:24 a man that hath friends must show himself friendly, and there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. So that's the ideal of finding a spouse is looking for a friend, and how do you do that? You show yourself friendly, and Proverbs seventeen seventeen, a friend loveth at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. A friend loves at all times, according to the Bible. This is a true friend. And wouldn't it be nice if your spouse is your best friend who loves at all times? That's that's what you want in a spouse, you're single, when you're looking for someone. You don't want to have, here's my best friend over here, and then my spouse is my lover, the best thing, and I believe God's plan for marriage, is that your spouse is your best friend, you know, as well as your lover. When you have the two together, it's very powerful. It's the strongest human relationship you can have, and that's why I believe that, as the Bible makes marriage a mystery, speaking of Christ and the church, how there's this deep, intimate love, and friendship, and sacrifice, and Christ is the the example of that so be a friend before being romantic and i guess we're out of time for this episode this is about an hour that we've been going on and i actually have a few more tips so Let's split this up. We're going to have another episode to finish up our tips for singles. So, singles, you're going to get a lot of attention here. <laughs> With two episodes geared toward helping you find the spouse of your dreams. And <laughs> that is by being biblical, by being the right one, by looking for uh, a permanent relationship, and by being a friend before being romantic. And so, if you've enjoyed these tips for looking for a spouse, then stay tuned for the next episode of Truth Espresso, where we look at part two more tips for looking for a spouse.